0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode from our podcast, First Generation. Today, I have a very special guest. It's AJ. Would you
1: introduce yourself, please? Hi, how are you doing? My name is AJ Gomez, um, and I'm his friend for a while. So
0: I've known AJ for how many years? About four years now?
1: Yeah, four, four or five uh, years. We've
0: been playing soccer together, so... And I don't think we've done a lot besides playing soccer, maybe. No,
1: that's your <laughs> fault. I've been bad. Yeah.
0: So if you don't mind just giving a little bit of a background information for our listeners about, you know, where you come from.
1: Well, um, I moved to the United States when I was about 10 years old with uh, my brother, Chris, who was about seven, I want to say. Um Yeah, um, we didn't spend that much time in Mexico, so for me, my whole life has been here.
0: Okay. Uh, Where in Mexico were you born?
1: I was born in Guadalajara, Jalisco. Okay. It's like one of the big cities of Mexico.
0: So you've been in the States for, what what would you say, like more than half of your life, right? So.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm 34 now. Okay. So since then, yeah, it's 24 years, I want to say.
0: Okay. So that's uh that's very different from, you know, like from my experience because I've been in the States less than half of my life, you know, so I was an adult, barely, when I got here. So I'm yeah. very curious, you know, like I know I've met people who were born here or who came here very young, but I'm just, more, and I bet a lot of people are curious too, you know, what's what is it like? When, uh, when you came here, so first of all, uh, how did it happen that you moved to the States?
1: Well, to my understanding, like, you know, I was young, and at the end of the days, my parents' decision where where we went. So my dad was having a really hard time in Mexico trying to find jobs and trying to earn money for his family. And he had a couple of opportunities to come to the States, but he hadn't made it up his mind until one day he just decided to, it was time to go. He was planning to come to the States by himself. And then later on, later on, having a, having us come up. But uh, my mom, uh, stubborn as she is, and I love her to death. She said, nope, if you're leaving, we're all living wow. together. So my mom is a very strong woman. And if it wasn't for her, I don't know when, or if we would have come to the United States.
0: Do you, do you mind uh, me asking you know how you guys did it? How was the process like?
1: Well, it was um, pretty much we had we went and got our visas mm-hmm. so we can cross to the states, and that was it, it took us it took a while, I think, about two, three months. Honestly, I can't tell you that many details about it without asking my parents because you yeah. I was 10 years old, so I was not really aware of what was going on. But to my understanding, it took about three months for us to get our visas, to get everything set up to come to the States. And one day, I heard him talking about it, and the next day, we were on a bus, and it was a three-day ride on the bus to get to TJ or Tijuana, Mm -hmm. and from there on, we crossed, and it was nothing. It was just, just pretty much just crossed.
0: Do you know uh, what kind of visa you you guys had?
1: No I didn't want to be honest back with back. you. Nice dog. That's fine, man. No worries, no worries.
0: So uh let me ask you this. Uh what was it like? I know you were ten, but what did you think about, you know, coming to the States? Have you visited it before? Did you have any idea
1: about it? No. No, not at all. Um but I did. I remember correctly because one of my friends, um, when, when we were younger, one of my friends, he used to say, oh, the United States is so big. It's so nice. It's amazing. He would show me pictures of it because his dad worked over here. So mm-hmm. his dad would come over and uh, take him for like one or two months. And when he come back, come back with like brand new clothes. He was, I want to say he was very show off. He was a very show off kind of person. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I, I was. I always wanted to come to the states when I was when I was little. I never, I never consider Mexico like I was going to be there for the rest of my life. Well, at the same time, I was only ten years old. I didn't know what I was thinking. You know. What I'm yeah, saying? yeah. I didn't know. I just I wanted to come to the states. I just never thought that this would become my home. I can't seem to li- live in anywhere else. Maybe visiting for a couple of years somewhere else, but the the states is my home. If I would have had a chance to involve in the army or the armed forces i would have done it
0: okay uh where did you guys come in first i know we're in
1: ohio now but oh california man i lived in california for five years since i was 15 years old mm. uh, it's a little town that you literally have to look for because there you're never gonna find it on a map it's called it was called uh parlier
0: okay never heard of it
1: it was <laughs> tiny tiny Tiny. It was. I think it's between Bakersfield and Fresno. Okay, I know Fresno. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we used to go there and shop and everything. But it was it was a small town. They didn't have a Walmart. They didn't have any of that stuff. They barely had a Burger King, man.
0: And this was uh, what was it? Ninety, late nineties, two thousand.
1: Late nineties. I would say ninety-seven when we came to the mm-hmm. states.
0: So when you arrived first, what was it like? What was that experience like?
1: Um, a little bit of culture shock. Hmm. Uh, the, believe it or not, the thing that blew my mind most was, uh, trash day. <laughs> uh, you laugh, but it's true. Trash day in Mexico. You literally, li- I lived in an apartment. Uh-huh. So my mom would make me bring the trash down on trash day and take it directly to a, to, uh, to trash uh, the trash uh, people. They'll come on and pick it up and you take it. In California, it's not like that. You put your can outside with all your trash and this uh, trash truck just comes over with a hook. He hooks it up and picks it up and drops it. Dude, it was like a culture shock and a half when I saw that. It was shocking to me. I thought it was the most amazing thing I had ever seen in my life. I imagine
0: for a 10-year-old boy <laughs> to see a trash it
1: was very. It was like completely different. It was it was amazing, but I never felt the difference between the U the U S and the Mexico. Like I never felt the difference. It was just more a uh, more technologically advanced than what I, what I was used to seeing. Don't get me wrong. I didn't live. I wasn't poor poor in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I didn't have as much stuff as I did as I did here. But I never suffer suffer from like hunger or. I didn't have a roof over my head or none of that. None of that. I wasn't wealthy to say either, but okay. Um, I, I was never, I would say like lower middle class, maybe.
0: Yeah. I know that uh, you mentioned that your dad was thinking about coming alone first. And I've met a lot of guys uh, both from uh, like Eastern Europe, but also from Central America, like Honduras or Uh that they would be El Salvador, that they did that and they send money whenever they can home hoping one day they will be able to bring their families. So that's like something yeah. common that's been around for a long time, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were That was a, a big thing that my dad wanted to do. He didn't want to put us through a whole Because he did honestly, when he was coming over here, he didn't know how was he was going to survive. He just knew that he had to come over here. He was going to work, and he didn't know where he was going to sleep, he didn't know where he was going to stay, he didn't know any of that. But my mom said, "You mar- I married you, and if you're going to be hungry, I'm going to be hungry, and our kids are going to be with us, I don't care. And my dad has always, I don't know, I don't know if you could want to call it whipped, or whatever you want to call it, but my dad has always backed up my mom, regardless of what she said. Whether she was right or wrong, and I'm glad she was right on this. Yep. Point.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So,
1: and I have met, I have met uh, people like you were mentioning, mm-hmm. but it's gone both ways. Like I've met guys that come here to just work and send money home. And then one day they either want to bring their families back or they just want to go back. And I have met people that were married. They came here and they meet like a pretty blonde girl or brunette, and they just forget about their whole family's back.
0: That's unfortunate. I mean, I I've laugh, but
1: it is it is sad. I've seen both. So. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, you know, I want in the future, like I, I mentioned in the introduction to this podcast, you know, I want to have all kinds of guests. And one thing that fascinates me is about when I meet people who are second-generation immigrants, it's almost as if especially if they're from the same country as me it's like their parents are not American you know even if they are but technically but their kids being raised in the, in the house where your parents may not speak fluent English and you know culture is different you are growing up in the state so you're kind of like in between so what was that like you know your dad and being you know
1: Well, when when we lived in California, man, it was like I told you. I didn't. I never felt the difference between Mexico and the U.S. We lived in California Mm -hmm. because in California, everybody spoke Spanish. It was a normal thing. Everybody spoke Spanish. um, There was no, there was no. Oh well, you're right here, but you're right there, and I speak English. You don't. I don't speak Spanish. That was not like that. Everybody spoke Spanish, so it was very easy for, for us to communicate with everybody. So that was that was not the biggest. Okay. My parents never needed us to translate for them when we lived in California. Now, culture shock was when we moved from California to Ohio. When we came to Ohio, wow. That was that was that was the United States I was thinking of when I was ten years old. Mm-hmm. There was there was no Latino people here. There was no Latins at all. There was no there was no um, Mexican stores. There was there was no uh, Latin music here. It was country, hip hop, um, and to be honest with you, the first time I've I had seen African Americans on TV, yeah. but I but I had never seen one in like real life. And the first time I saw one, she flirted with me and I kind of, I didn't know how to react (laughs) because I was, because don't get me wrong. She was a beautiful black uh, American woman, but I didn't know how to react because i had never seen one before. In California, we probably had like one, one black, one white person. That was it. I had never seen a black person in my life until I came to Ohio.
0: So it's not common in Mexico either?
1: No. Do we have Afro -Afro Mexicans? Don't get mm. me wrong, but it was—they're very rare. They're either—they're either, they're either um, second-generation Cubans mm. or Puerto Ricans or stuff like that. But Mexican Mexicans are usually like shorter than me, about I want to say four ten, five feet tall. Yeah. And and they're just like very shy, very timid. And obviously, with uh, with Spain coming in colonized in Mexico as well our blood got mixed with theirs so we're a little bit different but there's places in Mexico that if I go there's probably now no way I can communicate with them because there's different languages in Mexico and I didn't even know that till I was like probably 25 Because I actually met somebody from Mexico that spoke a completely different language that I had never heard before
0: now my knowledge is very what I want to say shy about it I know that there are like white Mexicans, I know they're like native Mexicans, and
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, there, there's why I saw, I met a, I thought it was a white girl at the beginning, and I, I talked to her in English, and she looked at me. And she's like, I don't speak, I don't speak English. I'm from Argentina. I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, wow, that was that's shocking because. I would never expect an Argentinian girl to look like that, but she was her skin was fair, her hair was blonde. I could have sworn she was from, like, I don't know, Denmark or somewhere over there, but no, she spoke perfect Spanish with that Argentinian accent. Just sounded really sexy. I don't care. <laughs> I like Argentina. I like accents to begin with. Yeah.
0: Uh, I guess, you know, like after World War II or during World War II, there was a lot of Im- European immigrants going to South America in Central America so I've not, and they yeah. have like German last names or Scandinavian in general and they look white mm-hmm. like as white as you can get so, yeah uh, do you go back to Mexico at all
1: I haven't I never had a an urge to go back to Mexico I'm more inclined to if I get a chance if somebody told me you can go anywhere you want right now where would you go I would say England, Barcelona. Um, I don't know Japan. <laughs> There's places I want to go see, but Mexico I want to say is very low on the places I want to go see. Okay. So. It's not. It's not something that I'm ingrained by, or anything like that. I know why but, you um,
0: mentioned Barcelona. So. <laughs>
1: Barcelona, Spain, sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: because you're a big fan, right? Bar- yeah,
1: I'm, I'm a big fan of the of the team. I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, I've actually t- seen pictures and documentaries about that city. That city looks amazing. I would love to go and take a, a stroll through their streets.
0: Yeah, I've never been there.
1: I heard it's
0: beautiful it. too, so. Maybe I'll go with you one day.
1: Well, one <laughs> day, well... I told my girlfriend I'm leaving, and you're going with me. She might not like me <laughs> very much, but
0: okay. So, coming to Ohio, you said that was a big difference mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, you said there's not many Hispanics here. Did you did you come together with your entire family?
1: Yeah, my dad found a job over mm-hmm. here, and and it was better pay. Um, there was a lot less uh, taxes over here. In California they charge you if you don't if your vehicle doesn't pack a smoke test, they don't give you plates for you to drive your car. So your car has to have meet certain standards for you to be able to drive it. In Ohio, it's no such a thing. In California, if you get a ticket, if you get if it's less than three thousand dollars, you got lucky. Here a ticket's probably eighty bucks. <laughs> the life in California is a lot more expensive than it is here.
0: I actually, my sister lives in San Francisco and it's insane how much, you know, rent is and everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the main reasons why my parents decided to find a quieter place uh, where they didn't have to worry so much about where we were at. Because I'm telling you, in California, I was going the wrong path. I was definitely going to to the wrong path.
0: Okay. So... Are you happy you moved to Ohio overall?
1: Oh, man. Ohio is it's great if you're ready to settle down, to just relax and everything. But I'm a little bit more of a let's go, let's do something. I want to go see something new. But don't get me wrong. Ohio has given me two beautiful daughters, mm-hmm. um, a beautiful house. My family is happy here. But that warm that I want to go see other stuff, that I want to experience new things, try different foods, see new places, is always in the back of my head.
0: I think that's a great uh, part of, you know, that's how you learn about the world and that's how you meet people and just grow as an individual. So I totally understand that. But then one thing about Ohio I noticed is that a lot of people here (laughs) do not feel the same. You know, they don't necessarily travel a lot, yeah. even outside of the state. So, no. when you came here, I'm what, came was it different? You know, you said when you came to California, there was a big community speaking Spanish. You know, mm-hmm. now coming into Ohio, what was that like? I guess you were in high school already, so.
1: Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. Um, When I was in California, it was like, I was just one of the bunch that was it i was one one more that was there so i was never really given any attention to so all my when i was in school all i did was i would study and i didn't care about anything else i would go to summer school just because i wanted something to do and people would tell me don't go to summer school that's for kids that are not paying attention to school mm-hmm. I like i don't got nothing to do and i'm gonna stay at home anyway so might as well and my mom would sign us up for summer school as well. And when I got here to Ohio, I was the only Latino or Mexican, in this case, to in this school. There was nobody else. It was just me. And it was I was just like a, like an oddity. Like or something rare. And I never had so so much uh, female attention <laughs> until I came to Ohio. Wow, man, I lost my, I lost my compass on that because it was, girl here, a girl there. They want to, like, hey, you, how you doing? And it just, I, I didn't know how to handle all that. So, I, so for like my sophomore year, I think I didn't care about school very much. I was more interested in girls than any. So you were like a
0: local star, and you and played soccer in high school too, right?
1: I didn't. I actually didn't play soccer until my senior okay. year because I didn't I wasn't comfortable with playing with uh, people I didn't know I was I uh, believe it or not I'm a very shy person so I needed to know people before I started playing mm-hmm. soccer and my junior year I was just trying to settle down and trying to figure out where I was at and what kind of person I was and when I started when I started figuring everything out that's when I started playing soccer that's when I started playing um figuring out what what people I want to hang out with, um, if I needed a girlfriend or didn't need a girlfriend. It was very complicated for me when I was. Uh, I I think I went to probably I want to say about eighteen different schools the whole time I was I was in, I was in wow. school. I got yeah I got thrown out of three when I was young. I, I was yeah. <laughs> I got expelled out of three schools. My my mom was not very happy. About uh, but
0: was it like behavior? Things behavior.
1: like that? Oh, yeah. By behavior. Uh, apparently, I disgraced one of the statues at one school one time uh-huh. and they said they couldn't have me anymore. So my mom had to put me in a private school. That didn't last very long. <laughs> uh, I was a bad kid, man. I think I don't think I started calming down until coming to the United States and Figuring everything out. So, yeah, it was just something I had to do to figure out who I was. My parents didn't see it that way. I had to listen and go by what they said.
0: What did your but, parents yeah, want for you? Like, yeah. what was their idea?
1: Better life, man. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all they wanted. They didn't want me to struggle as much as they did. So
0: they gave you freedom in want choosing me... whatever you wanted?
1: Yeah. They didn't wanna um, you see my parents, my dad's brothers and my mom's brothers and sisters are very wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't mean rich, because rich is low. I mean wealthy. They have money, they own gas stations, they own stores, they have planes, they have fancy cars. So I have if I ever wanted to go to Mexico, I'd probably end up in a good hotel if I wanted to talk to that mm-hmm. family. But I don't talk to any of them. I don't. I have never had a one one on one to that conversation with that family, other than my cousin, which came out to see to meet my daughters. No, none of my family had ever made an effort to come and see us to meet our my daughters, to see how my parents are doing, to call them and check on them. They don't make an effort to it, so I don't make an effort to make to keep contact with them. Mm-hmm. What they didn't want it was for me to depend on that family for me to live. What they wanted was for me to have my own things, to depend on my own, on my own. So I didn't have to depend on anybody else. They didn't want anybody to look down on you. Much less family.
0: Absolutely. So they wanted you to be independent and do your own thing, whatever you decided yep. to. Yep. Yep. So is that is that the family, my understanding, is that the family that stayed in Mexico? Okay.
1: Oh yeah. I my my mom has uh twelve brothers and sisters. I mean I wanna say five brothers and six mm-hmm. sisters. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think that's around there. My dad has a uh, one full full blooded brother and about six or seven half brothers. Wow. Yeah, they get down. So, grandparents got down.:
0: You that. said you got a lot of uh, you know, positive attention from girls and things like that when you came to Ohio. Was there any negative experience oh, as well?
1: Oh yeah, the very first, very first week that I started going to the school, um, I had somebody call me out and told me that they were going to um, beat my ass to be specific on the words I use. And I had just been to this school probably like a week. And like I told you, when I was in California, I was going down the wrong path. So at that time, I didn't care. I was down to like mm-hmm. whoever. And they told me at lunch to wait for them in the main office. And I waited and I waited and it didn't show up. And I told that person to call me out. Pretty much cussed them out in front of a teacher. And they, I never got in trouble for it. So... It was just they thought I was going to be like a punk. Mm-hmm. They figured out I wasn't, and they left me alone.
0: So like a typical high school kind of bullshit, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But that was just the very first week. Other than that, nobody messed with me. Um, and I, n- I never messed with anybody. I um Yeah. I did lose my mind one time that I, I should have gotten my butt <laughs> I should have there I have no excuse for it I just there was um, I'll give you I, I can give mm-hmm. you the story there was this girl that I was madly in love but I never told her. she didn't find this out till probably I want to say about four or five years ago. Cause she ended up working with my brother. My brother told her that I was in love with her since I was when I was in uh-huh. high school with her. And she told the ham that she liked me too. I just never said anything. I but that I digress. That's beside the point. One day this girl comes over and she's she has a book. And she and she's so so happy is she comes up to me, and she goes, Asia, guess what? I'm like, what? I got a poem publicized. Like you're kidding, like no, and she showed me a book, and her poem was publicized. I thought that was amazing. Still, today, I think it's amazing.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I thought I thought you said p- porn at
1: first. Poem, poem, <laughs> no, I'm no, like no. what I'm going, man? No. no, 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 get your mind of better. Man, it's a poem, it's something nice, yeah. This girl. That's amazing don't, don't <laughs> <stuff> out there.
0: <laughs> and how amazing it was and all that
1: yeah I thought it was crazy uh, that a poem got publicized I had never seen anything like that okay before. all right and a uh, couple hours passed and I and I saw her with her friends and she was crying I didn't understand why so I went and asked her I was like are you okay and she was crying because one of the one of the Big linebackers from the football team told her that that was not impressive and she shouldn't be that proud wow. of it. And I knew this guy. I saw Red Dude and I cussed him out in front of his whole football team. I mean, this dude was head and shoulders uh, taller than me, he was probably 100 pounds bigger than me. He could have just turned me into a pretzel and called it an yeah. a day, you know? But he was just like, AJ, calm down, man. I didn't mean to, uh, AJ, calm down, calm down. And I was, I was cussing him out. And she came by and I told, him, I told him to apologize. I didn't tell him, I demanded him to apologize. And he apologized. <laughs> that was the very last time I've ever seen him. Uh, that was the last time I ever saw him.
0: So she, was she impressed?
1: I guess she was, I guess she was, cause uh, but it came. To, it was a high school thing, man. It came to the point that, as much as I liked her, I was never, I never had the courage to tell her how much how I felt about her. It wasn't until she started working with my brother that my brother told her about about it. And that was it. And one day, I just received a text message saying that I had a friend request, and it was her. Obviously now she's married and she has okay. a little girl, which the little girl is okay. is a state and resemblance of her mom. So I'm glad her life turned out the way the way it deserved, because she was she was a good girl. She deserved she deserved to be happy.
0: Okay. Well I, I I'm curious to know since you lived for most of your life in the States, you know, like how do you yeah identify yourself you know what i mean like what do you consider yourself
1: um i believe that if you i don't care what race mm-hmm. you are if you try to infiltrate into a different culture like if you're black and you're trying to be white that's just that's just going to confuse yourself and you're going to end up having issues the way i see myself is i'm a latino that lives in a place where there's not a lot of latinos and I just try to, I just try to make my own, my own self be happy because I see my brother right now, and my brother is getting into like a lot of hunting and um, country and guns and boots. <laughs> and honestly, we didn't grow up like that, but he—that's what he's—he's he's becoming more comfortable to. And when he's around me, he gets a little bit like, "Wait, that's a new song." Uh, and I listen to Latin music most of the time, but don't get me wrong. I also listen to rock, um, yeah. heavy metal, just uh, just stuff like that. Like uh, I try to listen a little bit of everything except country. Country yeah. gives me a headache. Nobody likes country. Like really, country <laughs> just gives me a headache. Like I have nothing against people who listen to country, but it just gives me a headache. It just sounds very repetitive to me. It's the same thing with like so- certain Mexican. Uh, gen- uh, music, I can't stand it. Like, I just can't stand it. Like, the accordion stuff, most of it, I can't stand it.
0: It's pretty awful, I got to be honest. I mean, if you're a fan of a country, I'm sorry, but not really.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, no, if it, if that's what you like, that's what you like. You, you cannot make everybody happy. Just do what you like. That's the way I say it. As long as you're happy. So what do you think is else. going
0: on with the brother? You think it's genuine? You think he's trying to fit in?
1: No, I think it's, uh, his family, his uh, wife's family is like that. So he's, um, he's surrounded a lot more by them than he is about us. So that's what he's getting into. Like I'm telling you, he's going in, uh, four wheeling he's uh, buying gators, uh, Taking bike rides with the whole family—I mean, that's a little, I don't know, corny to me—but he likes mm-hmm. it. So, I—I tr- I mean, I try to do stuff with my daughters, but I try to remind them that we're Latinos too, because uh, their mom, uh, my daughter's mom is uh, is mixed race. She's uh, mm-hmm. half black and half white, but she acts she acts white all the way, like listening to country and all that stuff and. Getting guns <laughs> and stuff like that, so I just try to I just try to like put drops here and there about reminding them that they are Latinas they are Mexican so just to remember that and to never look down on anybody or to or say racist you can't be racist if you're Latino that's just dumb that's just yeah dumb. I think
0: being racist is pretty dumb overall so um, when you meet Mexican. Mexicans you know what I mean like who just fresh off the boat, what we call them right yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> fresh,
0: yeah. What, do you, what, what is it like do you resonance with them do you recognize yourself in them a little or do you identify as them or
1: no not really man to be honest um, the way I was raised is very different from what other people are raised so that's, the, mm-hmm. that's what I look for I look for your manners I look for um what you're worth as a person. I really don't care where you're coming from, but I don't see myself as a, a person that just came from Mexico because most of the people that come from Mexico are rejects okay. from that country. Like that, that country couldn't handle them, and that's when they came to the United States. That's why I believe that the United States is not one race. The United States is a, is a pot of crazy people because our, our native countries <laughs> can handle us. That's why we're. That's why we're not there. I mean, we live in a country that a man made a million dollars by grabbing a robe, turning it backwards, and calling <laughs> it a snuggie. Like, that's that's crazy. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? That's just crazy. We live. We live in a country that is a pot of crazy people, and if you don't stand out, it's because. I don't know, you're not going to be here.
0: I guess I, I was also, you know, curious about how do you, do you understand what, where they are, you know, what space they are in? Do you understand the behaviors and the culture like that?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I understand. I understand most of the culture, but if there's something I don't understand, mm-hmm. I would ask my parents. And sometimes my parents don't have an answer for it they've lived here for a very long time. I was well, about 24 years. So it comes to the point that they're like, well, we'll live here longer than we live down there. So there's pretty much nothing. I mm-hmm. see my dad every once in a while that he considers mm-hmm. going back to Mexico. And then he like he like snaps out of it because he realizes that his family is here. Like both of my parents have absolutely no ties to Mexico anymore. They have brothers that they don't talk to. They have sisters they don't talk to. So their ties are here. Their grandkids are here. And we're here. So pretty much, I don't, uh, their culture, they, don't get me wrong. They, they miss their land. They miss where they grew up. They miss seeing seeing sunsets and sunrises and where, mm-hmm. where they were born. But they see it as in like this country gave them everything that you could possibly want and they're they're grateful to this land just like me i'm i'm very happy I was we saying, you know, And we understand I, I feel
0: like country. you when you say you don't want to you don't want to go back to mexico you know like it's low on the list i guess it's because you feel appreciative and you love this country because you basically grew up
1: here you know so mm-hmm. Well this country gave me two beautiful mm-hmm. daughters man what could i ask for What else
0: could I ask? One, it's interesting, uh, you know, when you mentioned your dad, him wanting to go back. I met, I was working as an interpreter, and I met people from different countries, different cultures. And it's either people were in a situation where they hated living in the United States, even though they've been here for so long. And they are citizens, and they have a house, they have good jobs. And they are one, like they're thinking about when can I move back to wherever I came from. Or it's the person who wants mm-hmm. nothing to do with the country where they came from.
1: Yeah. Well, I met, um, I met a couple of people from Venezuela lately. And they were not in need to come to the United States. They were not. They tell you, if you get to talk to them, they tell you. That they miss their land? They want to go back to Venezuela. I mean, these people didn't have any need to come to the United States. But Venezuela right now is
0: mm-hmm.
1: in ruins pretty much because their country is in a civil war right now. And these, these people that, we, that I met had their own houses. And I don't mean just regular houses. Pretty much like huge houses with swimming pools, with uh, tennis uh, courts on the back. I mean, they had money and their country and their government took them away because they needed space for their um, armies. Because they're having a very bad yep. civil war. So that's why they came yep. to the United States. There was a lady that I met that she um, she was a school teacher her whole life. And now she's in the United States under, I don't know, what, what do you call that? Um, when you yep. asked for- Yeah, asylum. Yeah, for asylum they're on an, uh, an asylum order so they, so they don't get uh, killed or anything like that down there and she's practically close to 70 and she told me I can't believe that I'm 70 years old I was already retired in my country and now I gotta come to this country mm-hmm. and work again because I don't know the language that's a really
0: tough one you know when you come basically forced to flee your country and you don't know the language and especially if you're older and I see it in a little bit in my grandma who came a few years ago, and she's in her 80s. Uh, she lives with my aunt, her daughter, and she speaks no English. She drives, doesn't drive a car, and she came from Moscow. So in Moscow, I have a lot of family, so she would see family every day, and they would come over. She would cook for them. She would go out. But she can do none of this, especially in Ohio. You know, you can't walk out here anywhere. So, and she, she, yeah, she yeah, it yeah. was like better for her health because of healthcare and everything. But she just sits in the house all day and she, I can see how depressing that is because all she can do is uh, phone calls and Skype with family. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. That is
1: like Kevin fever, yeah. this whole pandemic, too that we couldn't go anywhere, that, yeah, it feels like you're locked in one place and not knowing the language, not knowing how to get around, it's got to be really frustrating.
0: So what do you think... Um, a lot of uh, Mexicans, when you said they come here, it's uh What do you you call them? Rejects. <laughs> but <laughs> what... what, what would...
1: No, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean that as in, like, a, a negative thing. I meant that, like... If you're if you're content in your country, why would you go to an I country? get
0: it now. I get it. Okay. So
1: you're, Yeah, I, I didn't mean it as a negative thing. I mean like they can't handle us. They can't understand us. And when we when we, we decide to we, we want something better. We want more. Absolutely. We decide to move. And when I mean when I mean rejects, it comes to the point that I've had Mexicans from Mexico tell me that I'm not a real Mexican. Because I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't, I don't listen to like their banda <laughs> or to their mariachi or anything like that. I have been accused of not being a Mexican-Mexican. And I told them that I don't think that those things make you Mexican. I think you're born mm-hmm. Mexican, and then you adjust to whatever you need to do. Because I've told you, I have met people that just want to come here, make their money, go back home. Or just want to come here, send money back home, and some people that come here and forget they ever had a home in another place. I'm glad
0: you clarified. I wasn't sure what you meant. So I I think also, you know, it it, it also tells us that nobody leaves because their life is too good. You know, you always are seeking something. Yeah. So. I I feel the same sometimes, you know, even though I came here when I was 18, and my family, like my parents and my friends, my best friends are still in Azerbaijan, but when I go there, and I try to go at least once a year, I, uh, I see how people think the, how do I say, like the old ways, the old ways to me, you know, not necessarily my ways are better or whatever, but it's just different, and inside I'm like oh, I don't know like I'm too Americanized for this <laughs> but so it's a it's a yeah. it's a dilemma sometimes like I would yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would I yeah. would, I would uh, my friends were would ask me I don't know how to be, like they my friend he couldn't understand why he can't drink in public when I met him in Los Angeles and I had to literally, like, take the bottle from his hand and be like, you can't do that. You know, you'll get arrested, you'll get deported because you're on a tourist visa. But to him, it's like, because back home, you can do that. And even if they say something, you just give them money and they fuck off, you know? <laughs> and it's not the same. He's like, oh, you're just yeah. being afraid. You're being scared. Yeah,
1: my... nah. yeah, yeah I, I understand that because... Uh... My dad told me a couple stories about that, that in Mexico, that if you're driving without a license, as long as you give the cop like 20 bucks so he can go get something to eat, you're good. Like down there, it's not a big deal whether yeah, you drive yeah. without a license or not.
0: It's you know, bribery bribe and corruption. <laughs> so I, I
1: completely understand that. Oh yeah, yeah, I completely understand that. But at the same time, that's why I think this country is... As good as it is, because I told you we're about you know crazy
0: people a lot of people do. do not appreciate how I mean there's a lot of problems here, but a lot of people really do not how good it is here in that regard.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have a democracy that we're allowed to speak up, and if they try to silence us, <laughs>
0: we're just gonna
1: riot. You will call your brother with the guns and
0: four wheelers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's get a couple four wheels. Let's go. But the people don't understand that. Oh, well, if you don't like it, then leave here. No, it's not about leaving. Yep. It's about making uh, it better. That's a big
0: argument. You it's hear a lot. If, As an immigrant, yeah. you, whenever you say something,
1: you like
0: it, a lot of people would say, like, well, if you don't like it, why don't you just go back? You know? And...
1: No, it's not about leaving. It's about making it better. How making a discussion about it. Talking about it, figuring out where we align, where mm-hmm. we align and where we don't align, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we align on ten things. There's always going to be that eleventh one that we're not going to see eye to eye. It doesn't matter what it is, because we're all different people. We're all different people with different backgrounds. We're not all the same.
0: I absolutely agree. Now, you know, we're coming towards the last section of the podcast, and where I typically ask you know what would you recommend for potential immigrants from wherever you know Central America Mexico or whatever what do you what do you think that you see that people would benefit from knowing before they come to the states
1: before they come to the states um, to forget everything everything they know about the because this country is going to be a complete culture culture shock when you come here. If you don't come for, to a place that there are Latinos or people of your own race or people that are c- accustomed to your language, you're going to have like a mm-hmm. big culture shock. And the sooner the sooner you can start picking picking up the picking up the language and picking up the picking up the the mannerisms and and to start adjusting to your to the space that you are at is the best. Is best. I'm not telling you just speak your speak English and mm-hmm. forget your Spanish. No, 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 no. Always be proud of what you come. Always remember what, where you came from because that's just gonna what's gonna make you stronger, and what's gonna drive you to do better, because you came to this country to do better, not to forget where you came okay. from.
0: Okay. And what do you think would be helpful? You know, like to assimilate to get to know people, especially, you know, if your language isn't great or if you're shy like you said you were yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Just talk, man. Talk and try do your hardest to learn the language and do not assume that just because in other countries you hear that United States is mm-hmm. a racist place or they're going to mistreat you. They're going to, they're gonna throw stones at you. Don't believe that every person's different. I'm not saying that there are no races yep. here, because I met a few. I'm just saying I'm just saying don't assume everybody's the same. Just like they shouldn't assume that just because you come from Mexico, you should drink tequila and <laughs> like mariachi. You shouldn't assume because you have a white Man, person that listens to white and has guns. The white so Americans love
0: their Mexican food,
1: like tacos and stuff.
0: It's Yep. Yeah. came a day after <laughs>
1: us, man. Talk Tuesday.
0: Okay. Well, any any other closing thoughts or anything you would like to share?
1: No, man. Just uh thank you for having me and whenever you Absolutely. want me back, let me know. I we'll appreciate talk about anything else you want. I am appreciate you everybody.
0: coming on here. I learned myself a lot about you and I'm sure people will learn as well. Thank you.
1: All right. Thanks, Matt.